Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. Today's episode is one that I feel needed to be done prior to the National Football League season that seems just about guaranteed to happen, as we are now eight days out from the debut of the 2020 to 2021 NFL season, headlined by the Houston Texans versus the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday Night Football on September 10th. That will be the first game of the season for what is likely to be one of the most wildest NFL seasons in recent memory. Despite battling COVID-19, the NFL has come up with a plan to put on NFL games this year. Some teams will have fans minimally in the stands, and some teams won't have fans at all. But one thing is for sure, the on-field play will still be top-notch, and that's why I've dedicated today's episode to breaking down all 32 NFL teams. Each team has an over or under. I'm going to give you an over or an under on where I think they will finish in terms of wins, and I also will give you my top 10 NFL teams. All of this after a quick word from our brand new sponsor, Liquid IV. Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price, and welcome to today's episode. This is my ultimate NFL preview guide as tonight kicks off game one of the NFL season. I am recording this as the Chiefs and the Texans prepare for kickoff. So what better way to start by going through my over-under total predictions for the season. This gives you a little bit of an idea of where I see each team, and then at the end of this, I will give my top 10 teams for the NFL season. So starting with the reigning champs, and they are playing in today's game. They are looked at by Vegas for 11.5 wins. I will hammer the over on that. I do believe that the Kansas City Chiefs are capable of having an incredible season. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire adds another dimension to an already phenomenal backfield. I'm expecting a almost resurgence of a year with the defense with Juwan Thornhill making a return. He was phenomenal in his rookie season before he went down with an injury. And how can you doubt the 500 million dollar man in Patrick Mahomes. You can't doubt him. And then you add in his new relationship with Edward Tillaire and the continued relationships with Hill, Kelsey, Watkins, and McCauley Hardman. It's just a great team. I'm a little nervous because they lost their guard because he decided to sit out the season for a great cause to help fight COVID-19. But nonetheless, I have very high hopes for this team. I do think this season, though, after looking a little ahead, they probably will have a little bit of a coaching staff gutting because I think if they have as much success as they did last year, Eric Bieniemy and even Mike Kafka, the quarterback coach, could be on their way out of Kansas City for more high-profile jobs. Heading, though, to the second-place team in the AFC, they are looked at at 11.5 wins. I am actually going to go with the under on them. Unfortunately, it's been a little bit of a Lamar Jackson doubting show that Ambitious has kind of become. This time, it's not doubting his skill. It's doubting the team because of the division. The Ravens got better, maybe even better than the Chiefs in the offseason. Adding Calais Campbell to the defense improves that defensive line even more. Adding J.K. Dobbins to the offense is a move that I think a lot of people are sleeping on because he adds that dimension that Alvin Kamara did to the Saints office offense when he was drafted to the Ravens offense that was already a phenomenal rushing attack that led Lee last year but nonetheless they're in a division that last season they walked all over the Pittsburgh Steelers 
They walked all over the Cleveland Browns, and they walked all over the Cincinnati Bengals. That won't be the case as much this year, with the Steelers coming in with a little bit higher prediction, as you'll see in a couple minutes with my prediction for them, and Big Ben returning in their eyes. Plus, their defense is also phenomenal. And in Cleveland, a new coach. What will that mean for them getting those easy wins over Cleveland that they got last year? And then same thing with Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got Joe Burrow now, and will he add some Burrow magic to the AFC North? So ultimately, 11.5 wins, I'm going to have to go with the under. Maybe they hit 11 wins, maybe they hit 10. I still think they'll make the playoffs, I still think they'll make some noise, but ultimately I'm a little down on the Ravens with the 11.5 win total. San Francisco 49ers is a little bit the opposite. Their division is going to be great, but 10.5 wins seems actually slightly low. I'm going to go over with the 49ers. Their defense didn't decrease um, they added Javon Kinlaw. They did get rid of DeForest Buckner, but it felt like almost a fair swap. Kinlaw might be able to even add more than Buckner did, but Kinlaw is a little bit underrated and he's a rookie. So you don't expect him to be a big time contributor right away, but he will probably be a starter. And on the offense, I'm a little worried about their receiving threats, but their rushing attack last year was the silencer to those receiving doubts. Although they did add Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel will be back and they have George Kittle, that offense is still going to be very, very good. I'm just worried about Samuel and Ayuk staying healthy and if any of the other options can stay healthy as well. But if everybody stays healthy and Raheem Mostert and Jimmy G can continue to have success, that defense and that offense could make for a good duo in San Francisco. So I'm going to go with the over. The New Orleans Saints are looked at at 10.5 wins. I am going to go with, I'm going to go with the under. This one's a little hard for me to go with the under. The Saints didn't get worse, but they didn't really get that much better. I kind of going through the roster, looking at Alvin Kamara. There's a little bit of drama right now. Maybe it's put to bed, but nonetheless, you still have to look at that unrest as something that maybe could stem into later things in the locker room, just like the Drew Brees situation. Will people still have that same devotion to Drew Brees that they did? And as for the defense, led by Malcolm Jenkins and Marshawn Lattimore, I'm expecting, and Cam Jordan, I'm expecting another big year from them. Looking for Marcus Davenport to step up. But nonetheless, in 10.5 wins, I'll go a little under with 10-6, and six, the worst 9-7, and seven, just because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, once they figure it out, could be a dangerous team. And if they can take a win away, and if the Panthers and the Falcons could take a win or two away, say they take three wins away, you're already looking at a team that would have three losses going into some other tough matchups. So I do think the Saints are going to have a little bit trouble getting to that 10.5 win total and going over it, but I think 10 wins and maybe 9 wins is a safe bet for the New Orleans Saints. The Dallas Cowboys. I wrote a piece today on Empire Sports Media. I don't 100% know if there's going to be clearance to publish it, but what Skip Bayless said today really irked me. So as low, I am one of the biggest Dallas Cowboys, I guess, haters. Not really a hater, but I'm just down on the team typically. I'm going to be up on them this year. I'm going with the over. Dak Prescott's got to be a little angry. He's got to have a little more spark of an energy, and he is fighting, and I want to see him fight and win. It's like Rocky now. I think what Skip said was absolutely disgusting and degrading to Dak Prescott and to the whole entire Cowboys organization, and to say it's unbecoming of a leader to be open about depression, Skip, I hope the NFL comes for you and the sports media world comes for you swiftly and incredibly hard, and I hope I hate saying it, but I hope you lose your job with FS1 because that was disgusting. 
Nonetheless, on the field, the Cowboys added CeeDee Lamb, and I think that adds a complete another dimension to the offense. They did lose Travis Frederick at center, which is a little concerning. And on defense, though, they added Everson Griffin, and that's a move I really like. I think Griffin and Lawrence could be a great tandem. They did lose Byron Jones, but they added Diggs in uh, the draft, and I think he's going to be a solid corner. So I'm going to go with the over on the Dallas Cowboys at 10 wins. I think maybe they go to 11 wins and shock some people this year because they have the ninth easiest schedule in football, and there's a lot of opportunity to overperform. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm going to go with the under. under. They're at nine and a half wins. I think that there's going to be a little bit of some hiccups early. Mike Evans could be out for the first game or the first couple games. With hamstring issues, you never know how long he could be out. And Chris Godwin... You don't know how he's going to build that rapport with Brady immediately. How much rust is there on Gronk? Will Leonard Fournette be a force in the offense early? Will Ronald Jones work well? And will Tom Brady be back to Tom Brady, or will he kind of be off out of New England? So all those question marks make it hard for me to go over nine and a half wins with them. They might go right at nine wins, but I'm going to go with the under and say that they do go under nine and a half for the Bucks. But look for them to be a late season contender. Seattle Seahawks, I am very high on them. I'm going to go with the over at nine and a half wins, only by half a game, I'm sorry to say. I think they'll go 10 and six. I think if the 49ers go over, this division is going to be very competitive this year. The Seahawks are going to rely on having to win against the other teams in the division, as will the 49ers, but could a resurging Arizona Cardinals team and a resurging Los Angeles Rams team that has two of the best defensive players in football contend with that? It remains to be seen. But at this time, the Seahawks, I'm going to go over nine and a half wins. Indianapolis Colts, I am going to go under nine and a half wins. Look, I was high on Michael Pittman, but I'm not as high as some people are. And to think that he's going to be that immediate second option to T.Y. Hilton is a little, a little too precarious for me. And also, Paris Campbell, I think he's going to have success, but it's a matter of keeping all three of them healthy and then the backups as well. The defense, I really like. Darius Leonard, Bobby Okariki, I think he's going to have some success as well. I think that their pass rush is young. Their offensive line is young and talented. Their running back room is great with Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, and Naheem Hines. But Philip Rivers threw a medicine ball last year, and he had great weaponry then. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams... Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon at some point. He had a talented team around him, and I feel like that's forgotten. So I, I'm i not going to be very high on the Colts. I'm sorry, but I think I'm, they're going to go under nine and a half wins. Philadelphia Eagles, I am going to hammer the under on nine and a half. If Jalen Rieger is healthy and they have some receivers this year, maybe this is a different story. That defense is still solid. The offense is still okay. But Miles Sanders is the lead back. And last season, the skill position players was a very weak bunch. Where is the contract negotiations going to go with Zacharitz? Will they ink him, or will there be drama, and will Dallas Goddard see an expanded role? There's too much injury history for me to bet high on that offense. The defense will probably be good. Adding Darius Slay was a big move. They kind of cleaned house with Razul Douglas and Sidney Jones heading elsewhere. They kept Craven LeBlanc, and they kept some of the key pieces on that defense, Fletcher Cox. And I'm excited to see what that defense can do this year because Lord knows with an improved secondary, they could definitely be a lot better. But that offense has got a rough injury history starting at quarterback with Wentz, and I'm just not too high on the Eagles. So I'm going to hammer the under at 9.5. Phil, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the cross-Pennsylvania uh, team, I'm going to go with the over on 9.5. 
look, I'm high on Big Ben coming back this year. He was training. He is ready, and he is going to be a fighter this year. Deontay Johnson, definitely going to see an expanded role, as will Benny Snell. But the two key pieces, James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster, looking for them to have monster years. And then you go to that defense, Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt headline the group, Bud Dupree, another key piece on that group, Devin Bush. That defense has so much talent. I am excited to see that defense. That defense could be one of the best, if not the best, in football this year. I'm looking for them to be a real threat in the AFC to that Kansas City, Baltimore, and really Indianapolis and Tennessee bunch. I think Pittsburgh could end up being the third best, maybe even the second best team in this conference and could make some noise in the playoffs thanks to the veteran leader in Big Ben. So hammer the 9.5 over. Buffalo Bills, 9 wins. This is actually pretty fair, so I'm going to say... I'm going to go right at nine wins because I really don't think they'll go much over if they do or much under. I think the Bills' biggest threat is going to be the New England Patriots. I love the New York Jets. I'm a huge New York Jets fan, but I'll talk about them in a bit. I don't see them posing too much of a threat, nor the Miami Dolphins. But you never know what Cam can do. If Cam's healthy, that offense could be pretty dangerous. But still, they lost a lot of pieces in New England, but Buffalo added a big piece in Stephon Diggs. If that relationship with Josh Allen can be great, then it will be very, very beneficial to that offense. And as for the defense, headlined by corner Tredavious White, who will now be a Buffalo Bill for the long-term future. Look, I'm very high on the defense. I'm eh on the offense, but if Josh Allen is strong, if Zach Moss is a dynamic back, look, they could go to the moon. They could be that third best team I just talked about, Pittsburgh potentially being because there's an opening there but new england is going to be their biggest flaw so i'm going to go right at nine and wins for the buffalo bills but i'll talk about patriots in just a sec but first the minnesota vikings at nine wins i'm going to hammer the over to me this vikings 49ers saints cowboys and seahawks it's between the four teams for who goes to the super bowl i like the bucks i think they're going to be a good team to watch they're going to be fun to watch I like the Eagles. They'll probably be fun to watch. I like the Packers. They'll probably be fun to watch, but none of them are going to compete with that core four. And I think Minnesota wins the North this year and locks up a playoff spot and definitely will be one of the top teams. Having Yannick Ngakwe will immediately bolster that pass rush. The secondary solid with led by Harrison Smith. And then you look to the offense. Justin Jefferson, if his rapport with, with Cousins could be half as good, if Irv Smith steps up at tight end and maybe poses a nice dual threat combination with Kyle Rudolph, and then Adam Thielen has another great year, I would not put it past this team to be a conference championship team. I'm looking for the Vikings to make some noise this year, so I'll go over nine wins. Now to the Patriots. I just alluded to the team there. Looked at at nine wins. I'm going to go with the over. I think they win the division at 10-6. and six. Cam's going to be back, and I think he's going to be firing on all cylinders, quite honestly. They don't have a ton of pieces around him, but this is the best offensive line Cam has had in his career. And now he has a rapport with Bill Belichick. They're reportedly getting along great. Then you add in Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry, the revolving door of white Walmart cashier receivers that Bill Belichick always brings in. And then you look at that defense. Yes, they're gutted without Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung, but they've got young pieces like Chase Winovich, who had a great breakout rookie year last year. And then one of the best corners, if not the best corner in football, Stephon Gilmore. Look, I hate the New England Patriots as much as the next guy, but hammer the over. Green Bay Packers, eight and a half wins. Look for them to go under. Look, 
it, it hurts me to say this. My dad's a diehard Packers fan. He's probably yelling at the uh, at his car radio right now as he listens to this on his way to work. But they didn't improve this offseason. They really didn't. Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon were their top two picks in an offense that reportedly had Jamal Williams being a star this year. Then you're looking at the rush defense that couldn't match up with the 49ers towards the end of the season last year in the first time they met, and then in the conference championship, it kept them from the Super Bowl. And then look at the rest of the division. The Saints, Kamara could be a beast in comparison to that Packers defense. Look at the Cowboys, Zeke, Seahawks, Chris Carson, Russell Wilson with his legs, Philadelphia Eagles, not really that much of a threat on defense or on rushing attack, but Vikings, Dalvin Cook. This Packers defense isn't ready to compete with some of the best rushers in the league, and I just don't think that they will hit that eight and a half win total and go over it. They'll probably sneak in as a wild card at around eight and eight, maybe even a nine and seven, but I'm gonna go under at eight and a half. Cleveland Browns. Oh, Odell, what what are you doing? Everybody knows what I'm talking about, Odell. You're apparently fetish is kind of the best representation of the Cleveland Browns organization. I really don't love Kevin Stefanski. I'm not on the board with the hype train. Their rushing attack should be very good, though, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Passing attack was solid last year in terms of receiver production, but in terms of quarterback play, if Baker doesn't step up this year, he could be looking for a new job in just a few years, and that's a very quick decline, but he played very poorly last year for the expectations and pieces around him. But they added Zach Conklin, or Jack Conklin, they added Conklin, a right tackle, one of the best available free agents on the market this year, and they added Austin Hooper, a phenomenal red zone threat with the Falcons last year, and then looking at that defense with Ward and Garrett, I'm going to go under eight and a half wins, kind of like the Packers, I'll probably eat my words on this one, but I think the Browns just are still lacking a few pieces, and maybe it's even leadership with quarterback and head coach. Los Angeles Rams, I'm actually going to go over this year. I think Akers has a solid year. I don't think Goff's going to be the kind of guy that wins you games, but with Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks, or not Brandon Cooks, sorry, Robert Woods, look, I think they could make some noise. I really do. And I think that that relationship with Akers and Henderson in the backfield could be a very, very nice duo if Henderson's the power back and Akers is the lead speed back. I have high hopes for this Rams team specifically, though, because of the defensive side of the ball. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are two of the best defensive players in the game. Aaron Donald likely number one. I have high hopes for that defense. But because of the competition in the NFC, I'm going to change it, and I'm going to go under 8.5. I think this is going to be a very key offseason for the Los Angeles Rams organization, trying to figure out their future outlook after just being in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Tennessee Titans, I'm going to go over eight and a half wins probably another nine and seven season to keep the streak to five after it hit four last year but Ryan Tannehill it remains to be seen how much he's going to be able to have success if Henry's not all the way there and if you look at Henry's totals oftentimes he struggles right away at the start of the season but turns it on towards the end look for them to make some noise towards the end of the season similarly to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but I just don't think that they're gonna have a phenomenal season, but over eight and a half wins seems fair for the Titans as they'll likely win the division fairly simply. Chicago Bears at eight wins hammer the under heavily. The next two teams, I am 100% on board with hammering the under. Look, I'm not a Mitch Trubisky super hater. That defense is great. Roquan Smith, Khalil Mack, um, Jackson and safety. 
I'm trying to go with the three core guys off the top of my head. But nonetheless, that defense is very, very, very good. That offense, though, Allen Robinson at receiver, Tariq Cohen in the backfield, those are about the two best key position players I could name off the top of my head. Jimmy Graham might have a bigger impact this year in his first season with Chicago, but the problem is I just don't trust the quarterback. I don't think Mitch is the long-term answer in Chicago, and I think that's going to be apparent this year. Under eight wins, maybe very, very much under eight wins, they could be a contender for a top pick in this year's draft. Joining them on that list is the Los Angeles Chargers. Look, they have a lot of talent, but Derwin James is their defensive captain, and Phillip Rivers was their offensive captain. Both guys are, one is injured in James, and the other is in a new place in Indianapolis. I just talked about him. Tyrod Taylor's not a bad quarterback. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He'll probably lead this team to an 8-8 eight eight season or lower. I'm going lower because I think at some point you got to let Herbert in once you know you're not in the playoffs, and I think Herbert's going to struggle. Still, I'm not crazy low on this team, but I think that this is a team that is going to be picking at the top of the draft next year under eight wins for the Los Angeles Chargers. Arizona Cardinals hammered the over seven and a half. They added DeAndre Hopkins, linked to, inked him long term. Have Kenyon Drake as the lead back, and he was phenomenal last year. Then you add in Christian Kirk, great receiver, the legend Larry Fitzgerald, and the dynamic and incomparable Kyler Murray, led by the playboy coach Cliff Kingsbury. Then on the defensive side of the ball, you have Isaiah Simmons now running the defense, and he is going to be exciting to watch this year. On the defensive line, solid group, secondary, good enough group. Buda Baker, one of the top safeties in the league, and one of the most underrated. Look for the Cardinals to maybe even push for a wild card over seven and a half wins. Now going back to a team under, look, the Falcons have talent. No doubting that. Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones could be one of the best receiver tandems in football and underratedly so. Rushing attack, it's going to be okay. Not as good as it was in the age of Foreman and Coleman, in my opinion, though. Still, Matt Ryan probably going to have a very productive season. That defense always has young guys come out and contribute, and with Keanu Neal likely coming back with a resurgence next year. But I'm not high on Dan Quinn, and I'm not high on this Falcons team. Hammer the under at 7.5. Look for them to be picking at the top next year, and maybe some rumors about Matt Ryan's future, unfortunately. Atlanta Falcons, or I just talked about them, <laughs> Denver Broncos, and at 7.5, I'm going to hit the over. I think that they're going to have a very good team. That offense should be firing on all cylinders, unless Cortland Sutton's not there and KJ Hamler's not there. If both guys aren't there, then I'm going to hit the under on this. So it's contingent on that, but right now I'm going to go with the over based on expectations that all guys are healthy, especially with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay in that backfield. But if not everybody's healthy and Von Miller's out for the year, hammer the under on this Denver Broncos team. Houston Texans, I'm going under. Look, they're at seven and a half wins. I think they go to six and ten. It's not anything faulting Deshaun Watson, but it's the pieces around him. There's not a single guy on that offense right now that I trust wholeheartedly aside from him. Maybe Laramie Tunzel, the left tackle. On defense, Zach Cunningham, a very, very talented middle linebacker. But once again, not a ton of people other than him and J.J. Watt that I truly trust. So, or, and Justin Reed. But still, I'm not high on them under 7.5. 
Vegas Raiders, the Raiders, new home in Las Vegas. I'm going to go with the over at seven and a half wins. I kind of like the weaponry they have around Derek Carr this year, underratedly so. Look, if Carr struggles, maybe Mariota steps in and has a kind of year reminiscent to Tannehill last year, and maybe Josh Jacobs steps up. But too many maybes for me. I don't think that they go over seven and a half by a lot, but I like Hunter Renfro and I like Brian Edwards, so I'm going to bank on that offense having success because you know that defense will probably be very solid with Max Crosby and Cleland Farrell leading the pass rush and the young secondary they've built over the past few years. The Detroit Lions, seven wins. I'm going to go under. Look, I like Matt Patricia as a coach and a coordinator, but I don't think he's a head coach material, and I think that that's going to prove this year. They have pieces, but they built it too much like a Lions or a Patriots defense and not a Lions defense. And as for the offense, the rushing attack is just too split for me, mainly because O'Shea, the coordinator, tends to be a pass-first guy, and I think that with Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr., you're not going to have a high reliance on the rushing attack that is very talented with DeAndre Swift and Carrion Johnson, and I think that that's going to be something to watch in the future because I think the next coach needs to be offensive-minded and hire a very solid defensive coordinator in order for this Lions team to have success because there's the pieces there, but not the right leadership. So I'm going to go under with the Lions. As for the New York Giants, the New York football Giants, I think they go over six and a half wins. I'm very high on Joe Judge. I think the young core is going to get them some key wins, and I think that they're going to have success this year. And there's not a lot to talk about with them because it's the same guys coming back with some new new faces on the team in terms of rookies. But I liked Xavier McKinney at defense. Lorenzo Carter could be a good pass rusher. They did lose DeAndre Baker, but they will make up for it. Daniel Jones likely to have a very big second year, and I'm excited to see what he can do, even though I am not rooting for him to have a much success. I'm going to go with the over on the Giants. As for the New York Jets, my loyalties remain to you, but I am sorry. I'm going to go... You know what? I'm actually going to go over slightly, because they're at 6.5. That seems a little negative, but I'm going 7-9 and nine for the New York Jets. It hurts me. It pains me immensely to do it, but 6.5 seems slightly underrated, but maybe seven and nine, eight and eight for them. Look, Jamal Adams not being there is going to hurt that defense a lot. Can Greg Williams kind of mask it with Ashton Davis, Marcus May and Bradley McDougal? Potentially that secondary if Pierre Desir has a resurgent year could be solid. Um, if bless Austin steps up the pass rush aside from Jordan Jenkins, maybe Terrell Basham is a good pass rusher, but right now I'm not high on them. I think Jenkins will step up this year and command big money in the free agent market next year. Defensive line will be solid. The defense as a whole will probably be okay. But aside from Sam Darnold on offense and Lev Bell and Chris Herndon, Jamison Crowder is not always proven as an injury guy because sometimes he goes down. Last year, though, he was healthy. Maybe that's a trend now. But as for the other receivers, I don't have much hope. As for the offensive line, aside from Mekhi Becton and Connor McGovern, I don't know how many of those guys will be there next year. It's a hard outlook for me to do as a Jets writer, but I'm going to go with slightly over, but not much on the six and a half total for the New York Jets. Coming up to the end here, talking about two warmer teams, the Dolphins and the Panthers. Similar outlooks here, actually. I'm going to go under on the Dolphins, but over on the Panthers. Here's why. The Dolphins have Tua Tagovailoa at the helm, and last year, even with a mediocre quarterback play from Ryan Fitzpatrick early, they were still able to play. I think Fitzpatrick will gut him out two or so wins and go two and three, go three-game losing streak, and then Tua becomes the quarterback. And I think from there, they're going to have a lot of success. I think they'll go six and ten, maybe right at that total, but a little bit over and maybe seven and nine and surprise some people. 
ultimately the Dolphins are not going to be the kind of team that makes some playoffs this year, but they're going to be the kind of team you look at next year and go, they're just a few pieces away. With Devontae Parker and a very, very up-and-coming defense, I really have a lot of faith in the players around to attack Bailoa and the players that Brian Flores is coaching. So ultimately, I'm going to hammer the over slightly on the Miami Dolphins. As for the Carolina Panthers, it's kind of the opposite story. I'm high on Teddy Bridgewater, but not high enough to give them an over on five and a half. Matt Rule, if you look at his past places, Baylor and Temple, both of them early, he struggled, but eventually he figures it out and has great success. So they will have success at some point, but not this year. But look for McCaffrey to have some big years because they're going to, or a big year because they're going to be playing from behind a lot. As for the Cincinnati Bengals, five and a half wins. I'm going to go the over, but not by a lot, by maybe one game. And I think that that's, it's hard to say it because I actually am kind of high on Joe Burrow, but there's not a ton of pieces on defense yet that I feel confident in. I'm not proven with Zach Taylor yet, but I like the pieces around Joe Burrow in terms of Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, and then the offensive corp at receiver in terms of Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, and Auden Tate. But at offensive line, Jonah Williams is the only guy that I really sticks out to me as a key guy who could be an X-factor on the line. But other than that, a lot of vet guys that I'm not too high on on the offensive line. Look for them to be picking early next year. And actually, because of the injury prone, I'm actually changing it to under 5.5 for the Bengals. Now, the next two teams I'm going to just talk about together, the Washington football team and the Jacksonville Jaguars, under for both. One's at five wins, the football team, and four and a half for the Jaguars. Minshew and Haskins are not long-term answers. The running back situation in both teams is worrisome. The receiving core, a little bit better with Chark and McLaurin, but these are the same stories over and over. The defense used to be solid. They gutted it. I don't have hope for either team. I think both teams will be picking one and two next year in the NFL draft. So that's that for my over-under predictions. So quickly, I will just hit my top 10 so you can have a theme of it. Number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. Number two, the Baltimore Ravens. Number three, the San Francisco 49ers. Number four, the Dallas Cowboys. Number five, the New Orleans Saints. Number six, the Seattle Seahawks. Number seven, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number eight, the Minnesota Vikings. Number nine, the New England Patriots. Number 10, the Buffalo Bills. So that is my top 10 for the NFL season and all my over-under predictions, a lot of rapid-fire content. But that is the ultimate, ambitious NFL season preview. I am immensely excited for this season to start, ready to get real hype, rooting on my New York Jets to a, as I said, not a very great season, but excited just to have football back and a sense of normalcy. Stay safe, everybody out there. Reminder, you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at Ambitious Podcast, Twitter at Ambitious with DP, YouTube Ambitious with Dylan Price, and just tune in next week because next week will be another phenomenal, ambitious episode. Football's back, baby! See you guys next week. Whether you're a Super Bowl champion reality TV show star on Big Brother, American Idol, singer, or even an MLB All-Star, you know hydration is key. And so does Liquid IV, the newest sponsor of Ambitious. They know how important hydration and energy is, and that's why they've developed special supplements to get you three times more hydrated for every packet you use. So one packet of Liquid IV, to me, is three bottles of water. 
And Liquid IV not only gets you more energized, more hydrated, but it keeps you motivated and disciplined. And especially in times like these where a lot of us are working from home, doing school from home, working out at home, Liquid IV can keep you energized, rejuvenated, and hydrated no matter what you do. Go to liquidiv.com or Liquid IV wherever you can find them on social medias and find out more about their superb hydration formulas. Now back to the show.